Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Open the pod bay doors, now. You shall not Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing! No! Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Keep busy, Larry. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. Today, I'm joined by Millie and Hugo. Big thank you for coming on. How are you going? Never better. (laughs) Very happy to be here, Mikey. Good. No, thank you for coming. A few episodes back, Millie did an elevator pitch that I absolutely loved. And in this episode, because of that, we'll be talking about the 2017 Academy Award magnet Call Me By Your Name, starring Timothy Chalamet and Arnie Hammer. And while we do that, we'll be drinking some mimosas. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) As always, please make sure you're following the podcast on your chosen streaming platform and leave a five-star review. Also, check out the Cinemaze YouTube channel where I post video essays on film and TV characters. Now, getting into it, to those who are new to the podcast, I like to get an idea of who our guests are and what they like to watch. So I ask a few questions about cinema. First question, let's dive in. Start with you, Hugo. Robert Pattinson or Andrew Garfield? Oh, it's 100% Andrew Garfield. Whoa. I Why? mean, Spider-Man number one, we love a man in a bit of latex. But I think <laughs> number two, he was in my Oscar favorite from this year, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Nice. Good, that was good flick. He was really good in it too. Really good. Nice, good answer. Love to hate him. Yeah, absolutely. See, I think Andrew Garf, I, he's got that like cute sensitive thing happening for sure, but I'm <laughs> he's hot. What's Robert that Pattinson. Cute sensitive thing well, happening? I don't know. He just seems very in touch with his emotions, which is a great thing. Mm. But Robert Pattinson, he does it for me. He's like- and Are you a Twilight girl? I actually wasn't what that much you, of a Twilight What got girl. you over the line for Robert? I love Tenet. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really good in it. And Harry Potter. Great. Oh, that was a tragic ending. Short appearance, poor Cedric. Still so good though. My boy. (laughs) My boy. Next question, David Fincher or Adam McKay? Going to have to say David. And I think it's one of my core movie memories. And it was with you, Michael, when we sat through (laughs) seven together and it changed my life. Good. 
and also Gone Girl because yeah, that keeps me film. on my toes in my relationship. You never know when you're going to be Gone Girl. <laughs> Absolutely. you got to be careful. I Millie? say Adam McKay. Only I love, I'm a big Will Ferrell fan. Okay. The other and, guys. And the other guy. Big Short. Yeah. Did you great, like um, Don't Look Up? Loved it, which I know is controversial, mm. but I did. Okay. Good answer. Next question, Nicole Kidman or Kate Blanchett? This is a very difficult question because they're like the matriarchs of Australian they are. expats for me. That's why I put it in here. <laughs> I say, I'm going to say Kate Blanchett, but I really wouldn't want this question with a gun to my head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm going to have to go Nicole Kidman. Love her, but also if Keith Urban ever hears this, I'm a big fan. So <laughs> going to have to Apparently go Nicole Kidman. he's a big listener of the Cinemates podcast. So I he's probably actually listening. heard that. Yeah, you know, I've that. met them before. Really? Really nice. Nice. On I've, the Logie's red carpet. Wow. Oh. Oh. Yep. When I worked what, at Channel what did you What did you say for the, like to them? I couldn't say a thing. <laughs> they were just friendly though. Took a few photos. Nice. I've seen Nicole Kidman in the flesh too. Running around Longueville. Wow. And I like sped up to her in a movie <laughs> You ran her over. <laughs> and this her security guard like came up to me and told me to chill out. Oh my god! While she was on a run, Jesus, on a run yeah. outside. I should, probably shouldn't be saying this on a podcast. She's I'm probably listening as well. I reckon they're sitting down in Sutton Forest on their farm, going, "That bitch, <laughs> that little bitch, Millie." Um, good answer. Next question: The other guys or wedding crashes? The other guys. The other guys. Katie, don't Why? play no shit. <laughs> I remember what year did it come out? Two thousand and nine or ten? Ten. Yeah. I remember for that Christmas getting it on DVD and watching it on my portable <laughs> DVD player and going, this is the life. Yeah. So good. So rewatchable. Yeah. It's classic. Watch Cold it on classic. a Sunday. Can't beat it. Um, Wedding Crashes is pretty good as well. Next question, Stranger Things or Game of Thrones? Stranger Things. Why? Because <laughs> I haven't seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> Fair I, enough. That's I don't okay. want to hear the negativity. We Next are, question. We should not have been given that question because the I never got into either. However, I'm going to say Game of Thrones because I remember my parents watching Game of Thrones and seeing those naughty sex scenes from like behind yeah. the lounge room. Coming door. of age. Coming Very of age. Coming of age. <laughs> that, that was my coming of age story. Good answer. Next question, getting into the deep ones now. Most memorable movie that you saw in cinemas? Um, I want to say Avengers because I, the first Avengers because I still remember it. But also I was thinking Spider-Man because it was a pretty great moment. Everyone got up and clapped in my cinema when... The No Way th- Home most recent one? Yeah, when we saw all three. Spoiler alert. I think for me, mine's less about the actual film but about the cinema experience. I think like my core memory about being in a cinema was when my grandma took me to see Hotel for Dogs. Not sure if you're familiar. <laughs> and I remember just crying next to her because every summer holiday she'd be taking me to um, Erin Affair or nice. like Baringa Mall and we'd be going to the cinemas. And yep. I think that's like one of my favourite memories. So Hotel for Dogs also makes me cry every time. <laughs> also thought I had a crush on Emma Roberts at the time. Great movie. Emma Roberts is I great. I did too. <laughs> Those memories are like just what... You know, you, you'll always yeah. value and, and, you know, remember as well. So good to cherish those little niche ones. Next question, fastest TV show binge. I w- this is a tricky one because I'm pretty consistently binging real housewives. <laughs> yes. Honestly, full disclosure. However, I remember I recently binged The Undoing with Hugh Grant oh, and Nicole yeah. Kidnam. And when I say binge, I 
literally watched it in one sitting and didn't get up to get water or to pee. One sitting. One sitting. Oh it was my weird. God. Yeah. There's like six or eight episodes, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yep. No shame. Oh I my God. Promise full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> That's some serious binging there. Yeah. I don't know what came over me. I think I was in exams. <laughs> I had to study. Really procrastinating. <laughs> I think for me, I'm going to have to agree with Millie. The Bravo universe absolutely <laughs> keeps me busy. You know, every every day you can find a new Real Housewives spinoff or you Correct. can find a spinoff from a spinoff. They keep but you I, in. They keep me in. But I will say recently, not sure if anyone watched it, but The Tourist with Jamie Dornan. I think I have not seen an Australian TV show like that for a long time. Actually, oh, quality, yeah, I, I really good. Good answer. Next question. Favorite Australian movie? Um, Candy, Heath Ledger. Okay. And Abby Cornish. I haven't seen it. It's it's an oldie, but it's um it's a great Heath Ledger film, and it's all about his struggle with drug dependency issues. It's great. You should see it. Bit triggering. Nice. Bit tri- yeah. <laughs> When when was it made? Um, I want to say early two thousands, potentially late nineties, but I think early two thousands. Okay. Good cool. film, nice. and it's nice Australian cast. Yeah, you mine go? would be the dressmaker. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. Now I will say that the starring role is played by Kate Winslet, who is not Australian. Although I feel like she's Australian by proxy. I feel like we've kind of taken ownership of her. But it is just classic Australiana, like small mm. country town about the gossip and it's it's phenomenal. Also, we've got Liam Hemsworth. I won't oh. ruin it for you, but it is twists and turns. Highly recommend. Okay. And I think it's slept on a little bit. Good answers. Good Love. niche Australian movies there. Like it. Next question, a movie that you think everyone needs to see. Call me by your name. <laughs> is that of course. Any others? Or are you going with that? I, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna settle on that. Or like, can I say Grown Ups Two? Oh because yeah, absolutely. Grown Ups shit. Universe. Where's Grown Ups Three? No, Grown Ups Two is the shittest movie in the entire <laughs> world, and I think everyone needs to see it just to see what a bad movie looks like. Jesus, I yeah. actually disagree. Like, I'm an Adam Sandler man, and I think Grown Ups is the pinnacle of. Did you like Grown Ups One? Yes, Lo- Grown Ups One is. Absolutely incredible. Grown Ups 2, there is a full, a mass following of individuals who think it was a tax write-off because it was so bad. Really? Yeah. Oh, my All God. All the scenes finish right in the middle of when they're just getting started. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. I did not I'm know that. I'm disappointed by that. Jeez. I loved it. Everyone's got to see it. The now tax I'm write-off. a little bit nervous that <laughs> I'm thinking write-off. of the wrong movie with you guys. People are coming. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Nicole Kidman are coming for you. <laughs> Making some enemies already. Hugo? Mine, again, I'm not sure if people saw this, think it was slept on. Promising Young Woman. Yeah. New. Good movie. I would say there's a lot of films coming out after me too that, you know, like, for example, Bombshell. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think it was a little bit on the nose. Yeah. But I think Promising Young Woman really captured, you know, the modern male mindset where I don't even think they realized that they're doing it before it's too late. Do you agree? Yeah. Such a powerful movie. I think it also did really well awards-wise. Um, yeah. But definitely one to watch. That's for sure. I haven't sure. seen it. I'm, I'm keen to see it. Yeah. Uh, next question. Favorite streaming service? I can binge. I'm a binge girl. Love crime. Mm. Binge has a lot of good TV shows as well, like yeah. HBO. HBO. Yeah. Can't, can't go wrong. Do you know what I like about binge is I think the limited series British crime dramas are mm. fantastic. Yeah. They don't need a big budget, but the scripts are amazing yeah. and 
Like I saw one. I don't know if it was on binge though, but Liar. Did you see Liar? No, I've have so seen good. it on there though. Um, yeah, some great content on binge. Next question: TV show that you're watching at the moment. You guys have already mentioned a few. <laughs> No, I did. I started Severance. Oh, okay. I've heard really good things about it. I'm really liking it. It's a very interesting concept. So I'm keen to continue with it, except you need an Apple. Yeah. An Apple subscription. It's annoying. Might do the free trial. The like like 10th streaming service. Yeah. I've heard great (laughs) things though. Um, Mine would be the flight attendant. Okay. Have you guys got into it? Yeah. Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what I like about it is that post Big Bang Theory, she can really do whatever she wants, you know. It's not about the money anymore. So I think Mm. she's been very careful about what she's picked post. And there is a scene in season two where she is confronted by Sharon Stone, who plays her mum. And it is something to watch. I hear she was... she was going through a divorce at the time, so I think that adds in real some life. extra in real life. Wow! So it adds some extra emotion to it, but I highly recommend. Okay, yeah. flight attendant. I'll continue that. So in the last episode, we had a Cinemates elevator pitch from Georgie, who recommended Bridgerton, the Netflix original, and it was actually pretty good. Um, some of it was a bit cringe, and some of the behaviour of the men. It's set in the eighteen hundreds, and it's pretty creepy. But I'm about Three episodes in, and I'm very entertained. Favorite character is easily Duke Hastings so far. He's a stud. Um, I think that his upbringing with his father is just really harsh. Have you guys seen Bridgerton? I saw season one. Okay, did not get into it. It's sorry, it's, Georgie. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm I'm really liking it. I'll just say as well, um, Anthony Bridgerton, the brother, He's at this hot. point. He's handsome, but he needs to piss off. Like, oh, really? He's, he's being too protective of his sister, yeah. Daphne. Um, Lady Featherington can fuck off as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm entertained. I'll keep watching it. Thanks for the elevator pitch, Georgie. And if you haven't seen Bridgerton, definitely give it a watch. Hugo, I think you need to I might give, give it, it another go. go. Give One it a of go. my favourite actors is in it, so I'm Who? really disappointed Who? in myself. I actually don't know his name. He's gay and he's hot. <laughs> Okay. Which one oh, is that? Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. He's gay and he's That's right. so hot. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's in the new Fendachi campaign. Yes, the collab he is. between Fendi and Versace. Yeah. Wow. It's really It's oh pretty my cool God. that he's the he's the alpha male. Yeah. Back that. For the next elevator pitch, we've got Cinemates community member Spencer. So let's hear what he's recommending. Hey Michael. Thought I'd jump on here and recommend the show I've been watching recently on Apple TV Plus called Severance. This psychological thriller is about a technology corporation, Lumen Industries, who use a medical procedure called severance to separate an employee's work life and personal life. One seven employee, Mark, played by Adam Scott, gradually uncovers a web of conspiracy from both sides of the division. With Ben Stiller in the director's chair and an incredible cast, this is one of the best shows of 2022. Hope you enjoy it, mate. Cheers. Severance. Okay, Millie mentioned it earlier. Have heard some seriously good things about it. It's received some amazing reviews, so good recommendation there. Have you seen it, Hugo? No, I've actually never heard of it. Okay, where have I been? <laughs> well, it's on Apple, yeah. But I've heard, I've heard anyone who's watched it has said amazing things. So thanks for the elevator pitch there, Spencer. And I'll definitely give it a go, and we'll see how it is. So now getting into Call Me By Your Name to the listeners out there who haven't seen the movie yet. Guys, what would you say about it in one word? Stunning. Courageous. Why? 
Oh, for reasons we will discuss. Discuss. <laughs> I mean, also for reasons we will discuss, but I think it was a big step in queer film and 100%. television. So yeah. definitely. But we'll get into that. Absolutely. My one word will be beautiful. It's just visually and story-wise, it's just beautiful. So if you haven't seen it, do yourselves a favor. You've heard our words here. And just before we get into it, we'll take a quick ad break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Break. Okay, so getting into Call Me By Your Name, I think it's a good place to start. What about the setting? Northern Italy, oh, what do you guys think? Wow. The setting is sublime. And that's, it is. And, that, and by setting... That's an umbrella term for the characters, the context, and the location. Absolutely. The first bit of the movie, there's a shot that just says that reads somewhere in northern Italy. And I feel really like, like that, that starts it off a very romantic, mm. mysterious sort of energy. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I think that that setting is so important because in the context of the film, the the characters are literally engaging in leisure 24-7. It's it's. Mm. It's paradise. It's warm. It's sunny skies. They're constantly playing tennis, massaging each other, taking naps. The parents are the nicest people under oh the sun. God. 
Elio and Oliver, the main two characters, are in demand from the ladies. Everyone's they absolutely hot. are. Those those women, those, those women, European women, those Italian, backwards. those Italian women, they love it. No one's working. There's even a housekeeper. Mm. On top of that, the characters are so bright. They're, they're like, so talking, intelligent. Yeah. And they're transcribing music, talking in five different languages, discussing <laughs> languages, exchanging other archaeology and historical <laughs> references that no one, no normal person understands. So what is so important about that is I think it gives a really good backdrop of oh. simplicity that allows you to really focus and, and therefore accentuates the tension that we see between Elio and Oliver. Mm, 100%. We can see like a, a more intimate lens into the main. Yeah. And I think the, the scenery, oh, yeah. the weather, the seasons and how it changes is really reflective of Elio and how he grows up and in his journey into adulthood. I think it's like, really representative of that and i think it's much more important than people probably realize yeah 100 yeah. percent. i think we'll definitely be able to dive into that more i think that just to add to the you know the setting itself like just from, from like a very material level like the house that they live in and the oh. town that they live in is just so amazing like yeah I, I was watching it being for the first time Thanks for your pitch again. Um, but I was just watching it. I was like, oh my God, like get me there. Like I want to go to Italy right now. I was like looking up flights yeah, after yeah. the movie. Just me like too. It's also not kind of the Italy that you see, you know, on social no. media when influencers yeah. are going there. You know, it's like a real quiet, Italy. Yeah, it's like real Italy, a quiet town. And they're, as you said, like in this paradise, just being able to kind of live and enjoy each other and yeah. grow and it's just an amazing place to start so fun fact the place where they filmed it is the director luca guadagnino's hometown no way so i've read the book and the book is actually set on a beach so they they refer a lot to their leisurely activities being involving going to the beach in the, okay. in the book but yeah so and also the director is gay so wow. people there's sort of speculation that it's an ode to it's his about his Life. Life. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting take. Very interesting. Uh, also, just quickly as well, I loved how it was because it just tells you that it's somewhere in Italy. We also don't know what sort of time period it is. And, you know, it's pretty modern, but like they're riding bikes around. It's like a cool, like sort of not old, but like, you know, natural kind of very Italian lifestyle that they're living. So and I yeah. think that's important as well because it shows that the film isn't really restricted to a time period. Like yes. we still see relationships and stories like that today. We saw them 50 yeah. years ago, you know, like mm. it. the timeless nature of it I think is really important. And so not restricting it to a particular town in Italy, not restricting it to a particular yeah. time is critical. 100%. That's a very good point. Could not agree more. Equally as well, like it's so well shot. The cinematography is just stunning. I, I think. know. Like, especially at the start, to introduce you to this landscape, there's a lot of, like, long takes that kind of linger and show you everything that's there and it's just so beautifully filmed. What did you guys think of the cinematography? Yeah, I think this film for me really shows how form of a film shapes the way you feel. Mm. The film, it for me, the film is all about desire and passion and coming of age within those yeah. sort of emotions and experiences. And that is entirely articulated through the editing of the film. So I think most of what is happening that contributes to the story is happening in those in-between shots where it lingers a little bit lo too long on 
Elio just watching Oliver. Yeah. Or Elio not being able to sleep and suffering from a bit of insomnia. Or Elio transcribing music in the corner. So it's those shots where we really get to see sort of the emotional toll and how they're, they're dealing with those mm. emotions. And that's also heavily accentuated by the score. So yep, the score 100%. is so good and it really good. It, yeah. And it, it engages us in so many ways by drawing out our emotions when there's no score and we just hear this, you know, cicadas in the background. Yeah. We're really in that moment. We're experiencing that tension. And then we hear like the score slam on us every time Oliver enters the room <clears throat> and that what we see with that is that like there's a repeated refrain that always comes when Oliver enters the room, which you'll notice. Mm. Um, and as a result, we're out, we have an emotional experience that's deeply embedded in us that we don't even realize that's subconsciously conjuring back those memories of, of sadness and a bit of pain that every yes. time Oliver yeah. enters. So I, it's, the score is beautiful. It's so good. And I saw this thing that, um, cause obviously part of Ilio's character is that he's really good at playing the piano and such a good musician. Um, saw this thing where this guy kind of picked up that, um, when Ilio and Oliver have these like sort of, cause their romantic relationship like builds up. Um, the score at the start is very sort of like light piano. Yeah. But as they get closer and kind of Oliver opens up to the idea of a relationship with Elio, like the piano gets more like intense and kind of it, it showed their journeys with yeah. their, you know, sexuality and, and their relationship together. So just little subtle things yeah. with the score just added a whole nother dimension to it, I thought. A hundred percent. There's a really good scene that I that I have that keeps coming back to my mind. When Elio and Oliver first consummate their love and have <laughs> sexual <Consummate>. intercourse. <laughs> Before that, leading up to that, Elio has this <laughs> crazy day where he's really happy, he's really excited, he's having heaps of sex with Marcia. Yeah. We all remember that. He's just going on a literal sexual escapade with Marcia. And he has a dinner with his family and is all happy and he has some lighthearted fun guests. So he's happy. Mm. And then as soon as he sees Oliver and meets up with him on the balcony to have their planned, you know, sexual experience. Yeah. We're immediately hit with a song and it really, you, you don't even realize that sort of sense of passion and yeah. almost melancholy that you're, when he comes in with Oliver, cause you know that it's, there's a lot of sadness associated with what he's going through because there's a there's a there's an end date and mm. he's not really sure what's going on. There's a lot of emotions. Yeah, for sure. Head. I think as well, like one of my favorite scenes, um, particularly where music was a big part of it, and I think you guys will agree, the scene where um the song Love My Way comes on and kind of Elio's watching Oliver dancing with this girl and getting with this girl. I think it was before the sex scene. Um, and you can see how sad he is. He's like with his mates and with oh, um, Marcia and he's just there like kind of smoking, looking on and the song plays and you're seeing Oliver just like dancing to it. And I'm pretty sure the song itself is like a metaphor for, you know, loving your own way regardless of, what sort of sexuality you have, but I thought that was one of my favorite scenes because yeah, it was cool. I also saw in that scene a little bit of jealousy. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah, feel 100%. like Elio looked at Oliver as if he could kind of have a foot in both worlds mm. and he can kind of, you know, enjoy Elio but also enjoy this woman and his kind of heterosexual life. And yeah. I think Elio is almost a bit resentful and jealous of that, you know, ability to be able to jump between the two worlds. I, I, I saw multiple emotions and I think that's testament to Timothy. Are, also, we, are we going with Timothy or Timothy? Probably Timothy. <laughs> I don't it's know. actually meant to be Timothy. Timothy. Yeah, I did not know that. What about Tim? Well, Timmy. 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 Timmy, Timmy um, is such a good actor in that scene. I saw a million emotions. He's sad. Nothing is even said as well. Nothing is said. He's sad. He's happy. He's a bit drunk. Mm. He's not sure. He's curious. Yeah. Brilliant. I think as well, like, um, hearing that, that was, watching this movie was the first time I'd heard that song. And it's a tune. One thing I thought that was really interesting scene-wise as well was when Ilio and Oliver first meet and the dad, Mr. Perlman, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, he um, kind of says how this guy Oliver's coming to um, do research with him. Um, But their first meeting, they don't really hit it off straight away and Oliver kind of brushes him off as if he's not even sort of there despite living with him for, you know, the next few months. I thought it was an interesting place to start. And then we sort of start to get these like small hints that um, Oliver has this affection for Ilio, like when they're playing volleyball and he starts to like give him a massage and it's like so uncomfortable and Ilio's like, get off me. I thought it was interesting that um, that's where it started because you're not sure. I mean, he kicks it off and like the stuff that he's saying to his mum about Oliver is not nice stuff when Oliver, but that scene where they're under the tree and Oliver runs inside. I forget what he says, but he calls him arrogant or something. Something not so nice, but then it definitely does shift. Yeah, he's kind of negotiating their relationship. There's a, starts off with a a bit of tension. Elio's shy. He's he's kind of got a feigning disinterest. Mm. He reacts to him when he constantly says later, he, he gets irritated by that. Yeah, yeah. And I think having later, also later. read the book, I understand that typically they, so they always get these guests that come to their house in the position of Oliver to help his dad with his archaeology. Mm. And typically those guests, it, there was a passage in the book that said that typically those guests are somewhat like patronizing. They take his bedroom. So he's initially coming into the house and Elio's, already feeling a sense of resentment because he has to surrender his Leave bedroom. His bed, yeah. But then, as you said, that relationship is kind of tested and we see them sort of testing that friendship through. They kind of challenge each other on literature and mm. push each other around a little bit. And then eventually we see them yeah. going on bike rides. And- <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting because at the beginning, Elio kind of seems to have a little bit more power, but the more Oliver kind of like leans into their relationship, the power dynamic shifts and Oliver starts to have a lot more power in the relationship. And I think that kind of brings me to something that I don't love about the film and I don't love about Oliver is this theme of like gluttony and greed. And you Mm. see it a lot in the queer community. You know, like there's all the scenes of Oliver, he can't just drink water, he's got to guzzle the water and he can't just eat one egg at breakfast, he's got to eat like three or four. Does he? Yeah. Do you not notice that? that Yeah. So every time he's like eating something or doing something, it's always like really Mm. greedy and quick and dirty. (laughs) And I think like that kind of also represents, and also like the swimmers all over the bathroom, for example, like he's really taken up this space. This whole thing. Yeah. It's probably a real American thing as well. I was going to say an American frankness kind of (laughs) 
But then I and no, then it kind of comes to a head when I mean after they've had sex, they're in the doorway between the bedrooms, and they he gets head, and he says afterwards like I just wanted to do it to say to know that I could still do it. Yeah, and it was a bit just of arrogance. this power shift. Yeah. 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 Well, also, he's meant to, the character of Oliver's meant to be, I'm pretty sure, late 20s, and Elio's meant to be. Teenager. A teenager. I think 17. So he's kind that's, of. Uh, that's pretty illegal. <laughs> yeah. No, doesn't really have read a, too well these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we, we'll Didn't get into that. too well for it. <laughs> we'll get into that with uh, Arnie Hammer as well. A, um, we another, won't do it. <laughs> another really interesting part was the kind of story about the night not mm. being able to say how he felt and dying yeah. because of it. And um, we get this scene where Ilio kind of says that he wouldn't have the courage to speak his mind. Is it better to speak or to die? Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like the family's just like talking about it. The parents are just talking about it. And the dad. Of course they are. They're yeah. too smart for They talk about Those everything. parents. They're the I best want to be parents. adopted. <laughs> yeah. And if that book was in German. If they weren't already speaking enough languages, French, Italian, and English, and <laughs> yeah. reading a German book. I know. It's insane. I saw this list of like best movie parents ever, and they're like yeah. number one. <laughs> I will say, parents. though, I think the mum slept on a little bit. I think we talk a lot about the dad and the yeah. relationship with the dad, which is absolutely important. The but mum the mum gets it. You know, sending yeah. them on a little holiday together. She's got yeah. that beautiful gay couple that comes in. Like, I yeah. think she, yeah. she, you know, does a lot of the acceptance. And I think she probably pulls the dad into it a little bit more. <laughs> 100%. Couldn't agree more. Well um, I also loved, which I wish we got more of, but the scene where, and this was one of my other favorite scenes, when they're in the, um, the town circle and they ride their bikes in. Yeah. And... You know, we've slowly like gotten more and more. Again, I think this was before they um, had their intercourse, but they ride into the town and we get this like really long take of um, they're talking about, you know, um, Oliver kind of says how smart Ilio is and he's like, oh, I only really know like the things that matter. And they're talking in this kind of like code of like how – you know, they they both kind of got these feelings for each other. Yeah. Um, and Oliver kind of brushes him off and says, like, no, like, we can't talk about these things. And he's, like, kind of hesitant. He's still, like, putting this guard up. And the camera just stays on them and they're walking around this um, Battle war of PR statue. Battle yeah. of monument. And they're, like, really far away, but they're saying all this stuff. And It's brilliant. It's so good. The it's, acting is amazing. It's um that shot is a tracking left to right shot. And... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Flex. Yeah, um, yeah it well, is. I do know that. Um, but what's um, what's really cool about this is you're right. The the language is really simple. Mm. They talk. So they they start off. The context of this is that passage. Is it better to speak or to die? Yeah. Elio presents that to Oliver. Of course, Oliver knows exactly the the story yeah. that Elio is talking about, and that prompts them to go into town together. And then they're having this discussion about a World War One monument, and then suddenly Elio, in very simple dialogue, transitions into just confessing his emotions, and mm. it's so subtle. It's, it's it's so it's just suddenly come out of him. Yeah, it, it almost, almost blindsides the viewer. I found it does. like it's been so much action, yeah. so many you know like scenes of them together, but not mm. a lot of words throughout the whole film. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just gets it's, this burst of courage a, like a release of insecurity and anxiety and he just says it because before he's very like contained and 
you know, he doesn't speak his mind very much. But yeah, yeah we, we do kind of get this burst of courage. But so good. I really like that shot because it's one shot mm. and they they find themselves discussing World War One monument to both of them wandering around a statue on other sides and all the while Oliver quickly goes and runs into a store to pick up his transcript or something Someone, yeah. stupidly intelligent, bring it back out. <laughs> and it's all one shot. So it's a dance between the characters. Yeah. And so much is happening at the same time. So much. And it's also brilliantly done. Oliver says, um, you know, you're making things difficult. And like just those four words is him saying like, I'm on the same page as you. I but validate you. I'm not sure. And you like, you get so much from these small bits of dialogue. Yeah. It's just insane. It's so good. Um, what about cool. Elio and Matsya's relationship? I think that kind of gets slept on a bit. We talked about before how Elio kind of goes on this journey of like having this affection for Matsya and having the, you know, this passion still for Oliver. I think their like romance was a key part of the story. Yeah. What do you guys think? Look, I think I I really felt sorry for her in the film. Mm. And it makes you think like, yes, you know, for queer people coming out and finding yourself is obviously a very difficult experience inside you. But it doesn't just affect you. It affects the people Other around people. you. Yeah. And, she, you know, she was a good person. She loved him <laughs> and she had a lot of emotions and yeah. feelings towards him. And I think it just goes to show that it's – you know, when we do have these like coming coming of age experiences and these like experiences about growing up and mm. journeying into adulthood, like the decisions we make and the things we do really do affect the people around us. And I think she's a really good representation of that, that there's still, you know, we've got to think about how our lives and our journey impact yeah. other people. Yeah. hundred percent. I totally agree. I think Marzia plays a, a really critical part because mm. she is, she's simple. Yeah. She's, you know, she's easy to Simple. read. We know exactly what she's thinking. She loves Elio. And all the while, that juxtaposition against Oliver, who's complicated and Elio yeah, cannot good navigate it. So I think Marcia just plays that part of being simple. She's nice. She's pretty. She's got candor. Great girl. And mm, I do girl. think that Elio did like her. He does like I her. Agree. And Absolutely. he's having a great experience losing his virginity with her. But he, but he's obviously got a deeper emotional relationship with Oliver. But I yeah. think there's, um, I feel like a good way to put it is you can't compare bakers to butchers. They're, they're, hey, well uh, Whatever happened to apples to oranges? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was pretty pretty left to field, wasn't it? But no, this I, is alliteration: yeah. bakers and butchers. It rolls better off the tongue. But Definitely do you know what agree. I mean? They're, they're still they're, they're both great. They play a significant role for Elio. Yeah. But in this story, Oliver is more important. Yeah, hundred percent. I Mark's think it's still good. Yeah, I think as well. Like the scenes where um, Ilio and Martia they go on like these really nice like dates and they're having such a good time and yeah, um, yeah, just like they just bounce off each other really well and it's it is interesting how. You know, Ilio is like balancing these two different people of Oliver versus her. Um, also, equally as well, um, she's played really well by Esther Garel. Like, mm. gives such a good performance, and again, is so hard done by just by the story. So, I thought that was a, a nice part of it as and, well. And it's yeah. also funny because he is—he's obviously 
he's more overt with her. He's kissing her in front of the family. Yeah. Announcing it to his At dad. At breakfast. <laughs> Almost had sex last night. Okay. Yeah. Who right, says? Timothy. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Guy over here. But, but again, it's still, the dad's it's so just, lit. He didn't care. Yeah. You no. Know, like, the dad's like, like cool. yeah. Good yeah. Job, he loves son. her. <laughs> But it's still a romantic relationship and I I don't think his, you know, time with Oliver or his sexuality takes away from the fact that I think it's a romantic relationship. It is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And shows you that romance comes in so many different forms. Absolutely. With friends, sexual, non-sexual. 100%. Like- I'm not sure if this is more expanded in the book, but was that his, like, first relationship with anyone? Um, I can't really remember. Or is it not really talked about? Um, I feel like he's had other girls. Okay. <laughs> Just no, I, was just I mean, he's still, question. he's like 12, Michael. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> but, but in the book, it, is, it does. It, I mean, the first time I saw it, I, I, I didn't really understand yours. the utility of Mutsi's character. I wasn't really sure if it was, she was just a deflection from Oliver. But ha- yeah, when I read like the book, front. I realized yeah. he actually, he did like her. 100%. They had a real thing. Um, I had a few deflections growing up. They did. I will say. <laughs> Uh, we talked about it before, but let's get into it with more detail. The sex scene, oh, Ilio and Oliver. Um, first thing that jumped out to me was that Ilio says Oliver's name. And obviously the movie's called Call Me By Your Name. But Oliver says like nothing. Like he, And then they start to call each other by each, each other's, other's names. names. But there's, again, what you said about this kind of power and this like greed. He can't just like... Return the favor to Ilio, despite his yeah. feelings. Yeah, which was kind of like frustrating. But any, anyway. I will say though, and I think this is a really important part. I think before this film, mm. when you look at films with you know queer characters having sex, it's always hypersexualized. It's dirty. It's mm. yeah, you know, it's not romantic at all. And I yeah. think just taking away, you know, who they are, just taking stripping back all of that. I think it's a really beautiful, empowering sexual definitely relationship yeah. between two queer characters that you didn't really see before. Like when you think about Brokeback Mountain, for example, it's not like that as much. Mm. Um, so I think I think that part is like a big step for queer film. So I think that's really important. Definitely. I totally agree. And, you know, on that note of let's call it like eroticism. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, it's erotica. not erotica. It's yeah. not explicitly. There's no explicit nudity. Oh, one scene, Marcia shows her boobs. But yeah. there's no real massive nudity or sex scene. What we see is the build-up. And that's yeah. the point of the film because it's all about that desire and the build-up of that tension. Agreed. So we're not actually seeing the sex scenes to sort of paint that well in that to what you're saying, yeah. Hugo. I thought it was good in that aspect that, again, it was different to the normal, like, classic sort of romance, very sexual, very, you know, um, all about the sort of, like, visual aspect. Yeah. But this one's more about the emotion and the build-up, as you said. So I thought that's And really it was exploring better. each other. Like, it wasn't just exploring each other's, you know. Genitals. Bits. <laughs> yeah. But it was ex- exploring. It was the touching of, like, the yeah. torsos and the legs. And it's like it was Absolutely. really, it was exploring yeah. each other completely. Yeah. You know? And most, this is a coming of age film. Yes. So most coming of age films, if you ask me, a boy meets girl and the complication is, oh, we, I don't have a prom date or a parent. Who's <laughs> I take really my glasses annoying. off and now I'm, I'm like really hot. hot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Bingo. Yeah, so yeah. I think this is so cool because it goes in the, into the psychology behind coming yeah. of age, as you guys just said. 100%. Also, 
following that, we I think we need to start talking about it. But the infamous peach the scene. Peach. Here we go. Are we ready? Oh, no. Are we ready? <laughs> I like. I have thoughts. Let's. But yeah. you go first. I th- I'd be more interested to hear what you have to say about that little peach, James I, and the Giant Peach. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it. I was like, "What? What's he gonna do with it? Like, what's what's he doing?" And the camera's just like lingering on him. I'm like, "Wait." Like, what's he doing? Also... I love it. I love this. An movie. ode to American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, well, but, he's so, obviously a teenager and he's, like, exploring himself. Does everyone know what happens in this scene? Like, does, uh, He puts does, his... Basically, Elio into masturbates it. into the flesh of a pea <laughs> and ejaculates into it. And he's got all this peach, like, and then juice all Oliver over comes it. in. And See? licks the peach. <laughs> yeah. And the rest is history. Well, I have what a bit of an fuck? interesting take on it. And I think, like, <coughs> jokes aside, Tim and the giant peach decide, <laughs> aside. Timmy. I think this peach is kind of, when you think about, you know, the motif of, like, a, fe- a woman's flower, you know, and being damaged when you lose your virginity and, like, that okay. purity being taken away. Yeah. I think the peach, I mean, like... It's his butthole. Like, let's just like get around get around it. Yeah. But I think the his first sexual experience of the man being with Oliver, and I think he's kind of lost that purity. And we don't really know at this stage, at this stage, whether it was worth it or not. You know, whether he's going to yeah. regret this sexual experience. Like, is he just being left damaged? And yeah. Oliver's going to yeah, go. And he's a worse enough. person than when Oliver came. Yeah. I. That's really interesting. Then what? he licks it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what this scene. For me, for me, it was just a sen- his him having a sensory overload. Mm. He's he's obviously really insecure about what he's done as well. He cries in this scene, and he's I think he makes a comment being like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then at the end, he resolves and says, "I don't want you to go to Oliver." So he's he's definitely panicking, and he's so consumed with his sexual desires, and mm. it's almost like a, a release. Um, but what makes this scene so also unique to me is it's this, it's this intense. A sexual escapade in the backdrop of an extremely dusty room yeah. with a mattress protector that's half on. It looks like you've come home from a night out and <laughs> yeah. you're not getting the mattress protector over the corners Sheets of the bed. Sheets are in the washing machine. Oh, Dirty, it's filthy. Grubby. It's dusty. It's unhygienic. It's gross. And to make matters worse, the peach is really juicy and sticky. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's, so it's actually sticky. filthy. Where did he wipe his hands? He didn't. He, he had wiped it on like, himself. And, yeah. the, and the dust. Like, it's like actually revolting. Feral. Yeah. But what? Although, <laughs> it kind of hot. Kind of, kind of got turned on, but like again, this this plays for me into one massive strength of the film, where Luca Guadagnino, the director, really made great use of textures and smells mm. and noises to really enliven our senses and help us along with following the journey of desire and passion and yeah. the overwhelming experience from that. And we also see that in a few other scenes, like when we see Oliver's scar or Elio's nose bleeding or they've all got sweat patches. Mm. I even want to say that egg explosion scene where he's, he's got that egg and he can't crack it properly. The peach scene, El- the way El- Elio like bites Marzia and Oliver. Oh, and he's yeah. Sort of getting it on with them. Yeah. Ooh. And having sex in all these messy places, it kind of just plays into that whole thing of your coming of age experience being really irrational and love making us go crazy and yeah. just doing and it, weird things. And it also not being like perfect. Like it's just not imperfection. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And Definitely. that's what real life is like. Yeah. Also, just quietly in the peach scene, like, 
Timothy Chalamet and Arnie Hammer just play it so well. Like, I don't know the me- mechanics of how they actually did it, but did Timothy actually yeah. oh. masturbate? And like real, <laughs> real cock was in it real, real peach? Yeah. That's what I don't no know. Way. Surely no not. Maybe. Regardless, you never know. Regardless. I, like, would love I think to I read know. somewhere they, they took it a couple times. Really? So the peach scene? I just didn't oh get my. it right. A few peaches. A few peaches Jesus. were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, another point with that, I see a lot of this film, there's this whole sort of Adam and Eve element to it. And with that, okay. I'm thinking forbidden like the fruit. Apple, yeah. The peach is the forbidden fruit. And does anyone is anyone else I, feeling I, that? I kind of feel that, that. Overly yeah. psychoanalyzing it. It's also with the backdrop of all the greenery. Mm. And another weird thing I noticed is after they had sex, the shot pans to this shot of just the greenery outside the room. And again, that just sort of goes back to imagery of Adam and Eve and all the of, peaches and all the trees, all yeah. the peaches in the sea. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> plenty know. of peaches in the sea. There are, and I find that That's that complemented by all of the archaeology and mm. art as well as sort of a couple religious iconography. So it pans yeah. to a crucifix or the Star of David chat, that kind of I, – I mean, yes, I'm. this is me psychoanalyzing it, but <laughs> it kind of embeds yeah. a gay romance in artistic and cultural tradition, yeah. which is awesome. So right? good. Which and also, again, so subtle. There's so much homosexual history throughout – the whole of the human experience. Like yeah. there are homosexual experiences written about from hundreds of years ago. Well, that's yeah. also you know? why it's cool they're talking about Greek mythology because they they were all gay. Yeah. Mm. They loved it. They loved they it. They loved it. They had big old orgies. Yeah. <laughs> um, after like, after this sort of part of the story, I think it was like very heartbreaking that they then have to leave <laughs> all of our gets the train and they have this beautiful moment of like hugging. They don't say anything to each other. And I thought that was really touching and they just both performed so well. Just like yeah, you're at this loud train station. And again, it's that imperfection. Like I'm sure Ilio had so much he wanted to say, but just couldn't. I think the hardest part of that moment in the film is him in the car ride home oh. with his mum. His and face. he's just like just devastated. Broken. So broken. It's like absolutely that. heartbreaking. And then he has yeah. to see Marcia. Of course she's there. Oh. Oh. Poor girl, like, get breaks, her here. Then he breaks her heart. But she was cool. She was chill. She was, she was like, yeah, we could she be was friends. really nice about it. That No, but that, that scene where they say goodbye at the train station and then he gets on the, gets on the train, that shot of the train going yeah. away, it just felt like forever and that is another testament to the great cinematic so editing good also like again you know we get this like it's like it's like a brown or black train or something and then you get the um ilio's got this like colorful backpack and like a colorful shirt and it's like not only does it just linger but it's just like the color of that scene and again in the car is just like so beautiful and it just like yep. I don't know. I just noticed that and just thought it, it was is. like, that, again, no words are said for like a few minutes, but the scenes themselves just say a lot. Um, yeah. It's, great scene. That's, it's so sad. And I, that scene sort of brings together, I sort of touched on it, that whole, there's a melancholic mm. feel, th- feel throughout the film because Definitely. you're, you're, you're chasing time. There's that, that's finally the, the time element. Yeah. They're done. 
and they didn't even spend that long, you know, actually acknowledging their feelings for one another. Very heartbreaking. But also I think that's exactly what Elio needed, you know. I think the other way to look at it is, you know, it's devastating that his first love has gone away and they didn't get to say everything they wanted to say and they didn't get the time that they Mm. wanted to have together. But also maybe that's the reason that Oliver came into his life. Yeah. You know, yeah. he got Everything so much out of that experience for the next one that comes along. Yeah. You know, he's going to treat him better. And I think that definitely you've got to find the hope in that as well. It's devastating as it is. And particularly when you're young, like you remember that, you know, you can't see that far ahead in the future and you can't no. see past the emotions that you're feeling right in that moment. But the older he gets, the more he'll appreciate look back on that that experience yeah. ending just as much as the experience when it began definitely i think it was interesting that they then kind of he gets fast forwarded and he's you know you're seeing that he's kind of more more with himself more trusting in like who he is now that oliver's gone yeah he is and yeah i thought it was interesting that we start to see kind of how he's doing after this you're so right and i in the scenes following, even just the way he dresses, he just seems. I was going to say his outfit so yeah, different so to what cool. he was wearing in the winter. He's come cool. into himself. Yeah, yeah. He's processed those emotions, but also with what we were just saying before. What I love though is that where no matter what your experience is, if you watch that scene, you're t- taken back to your first heartbreak yeah, and how sad it is. Don't definitely. Everyone will have a different experience and, and whatever that different scene interpretation. means. But Millie, who was yours? they know not on the microphone um no i completely agree and i think that's what's great about it you can you can all you know attest to similar experiences and regardless of how it happens yeah it's such a relatable film and story i think it was cool you know now that we have this new part of elio who's more with himself again one of my favorite scenes was the dad and Ilio on the couch. Let's get into it. That it's like the scene. It's the scene of the, the movie. Scene. What do Michael we think? Michael Stolberg. So good. Oh. I think like just to kick it off, I think most of it is kind of one shot. Um, and the dad, you know, they're having this beautiful conversation and they're just able to talk about all these things and the dad knows what Ilio has been through. And I think it kind of is very subtle. Like earlier in the movie, the dad actually said, like, I think you guys will get along. Mm-hmm. And he kind of knew that there was some potential there. But now we're getting this conversation after. And the dad says something like about his own experience. And he's like, I may have come close, but I never quite I'd- had what you two had. Yeah. And it, it was just so beautiful. Like, but then what he says straight after that is something always held me back. And the he doesn't, you know, yeah. go into specifics. But doesn't I think like to. that to me is the most impo- important part of that moment. Yeah. yeah. Is that Elio's so powerful. doesn't, he has less obstacles that are going to hold him back now. So he has yeah. the opportunity to have what he had and to have more of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it, you know, he really lays out what's right and wrong and validates Elio's experience. Just saying it's worth waiting to your desire. Like yeah. go for it. And I had something sort of similar. And Timothy's acting was amazing. So as good. As per usual. The dad's acting as well. Dad's acting. He almost like, and I don't know what you guys think of this, but Elio almost 
rescinds into this like childlike state again where Mm -hmm. he really needs his parents like there are so many moments in the film where he is becoming an adult like we've said a thousand times it's a coming of age yeah but sometimes in these raw moments with his parents like when his mum's reading the german book and when he's on the couch with his dad he really becomes that child again again yeah yeah absolutely he yeah well that's kind of elio's character as well Mm. he's kind of he's a bit cocky yeah He's too smart for his own good, but he's so smart. He's also a little bit awkward. Yeah, I feel like he's very selective. He's an only child. Yeah, mm. only child. I feel he's very selective with when he wants to speak and what he wants to say. Like, yeah. he's got a million answers to your, like, what, who he's talking to. But, and I think that's what's so great about the character and how well Timothy Chalamet plays him is that he, he doesn't have to say anything, but he can just convey things. And again, yeah. Goes into this like child state and he doesn't say anything, but he's just like there on the couch and you're like, okay, I know like what, you know, what you're going through. Yeah. it's yeah. You're very right that the Michael Stolberg still keeps that monologue pretty. Mm. He, he's very clearly telling us what he wants to tell us, but he's still being a little bit discreet. So it's kind of yeah. to say the door isn't shut. You can always come and talk to me, but I just yeah. want to make sure it's sufficiently open so that you can come to me if you need to. Definitely. Yeah. What a great father as well. Just oh, like brilliant. just an excellent father. Emotional so good. intelligence. So so That's good. It. And I know like we talk about how it's really not restricted to a time period, but yeah. it is set in the eighties. And I think like during the eighties, you know, that's when the AIDS pan like epidemic pandemic. <laughs> the AIDS crisis was, you know, kicking off and everybody yeah. had every excuse to marginalize the queer community. Mm. Like, you know, during that time there was an ad in on Australian television where the Grim Reaper has a bowling ball and he just bowls it down this bowling alley and it's just people instead of the pins and the ad is just saying that AIDS could get anybody. So oh my God. everyone was just, like, the queer community was so isolated. Yeah. So his dad had every excuse to not be supportive and not be open and he goes against all of that and I think that is so, so oh, critical. So good. so good. I think as well, probably just to end end on another great scene, we then get the phone call with Oliver, who's Kill announced him. that he's like getting married. Like, I think Ilio jokes, like, oh, what are you getting married? And he's like, yeah, in like yeah. September, maybe. And you're like, shit, like the door is closed now. And again, they're calling each other by their names, but Elio, Oliver Elio, can't, Elio. yeah, Oliver can't call Elio by his name. And it's like, man, just fucking give him something. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was a tough. What did you guys think about the phone call? I the, and the scene following the phone call was tough, but you can tell as we touched on, he's matured in his reaction. Yeah, he's it's obviously about six months later because it's winter, mm. and then he goes. I one of my favorite scenes is actually that last little epilogue where he's sitting in front of the fire, just crying, and you you just see so many emotions though. But you also see he's obviously sad and he's sort of maybe experiencing a bit of nostalgia, but he's also dealing with acceptance and love and maybe processing the good memories. All the yeah. while there's still stuff happening in the background. It's such a beautiful shot of him though. In front of the fire, there's like a so fly good. buzzing around his head. Yeah. It's like five minutes long as well. Yeah. And he's just sitting there. He's so good. He's so do you know what, though? fucking good. Like the whole motif of like call me by your name, not mm. the little Nas song, but yeah. in the movie. <laughs> I think it kind of – it, it kind of represents that this experience, you know, this relationship was something that the two of them had privately together that yeah. wasn't shared by the world. Mm. And 
when he says his own name, when he says when he says his own name to Oliver, I think it kind of pulls you back to that. It doesn't really matter if Oliver's not going to acknowledge the experience mm. because it's something that he has for himself now that That's he can true, carry yeah. forward. Yeah, and I think that kind of shows the growth that it doesn't need to be him and Oliver. How sad! Like they're not going to share that again. Yeah, he's got that experience and he's got that knowledge and he's got that kind of respect for himself that he can carry on into the mm. world now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Coming of age. All right. I think we've touched on it throughout, but who would you say that your favourite character is within the movie? Elio. I, I think Elio is brilliant. He is, literally spends his summer transcribing amazing music, <laughs> composing variations of Bach, That's the the, uh, composer of the piano songs that he plays as well. He's also extremely intelligent and cultured, proficient in three languages, Italian, French, and English. And again, like just he spends his whole summer just doing such incredibly intellectual things. He's also, his character as well, Mm. it's obviously portrayed so well through Timothy, but it's amazing to see a character that is, you know, cocky while insecure contradictory he's confused he's lost he's talented he's awkward he's precocious Uh, to convey a character like that i think is so amazing so good and yeah definitely and it definitely helps that it's played by the the great the great the only who would you should have won an oscar elio's dad oh the dad is fucking so good i just think like Again, when you think about all the queer films before this, it's mm. always a fight with the parents, being yeah. marginalized by the family, not, not having accepting. any friends at school. Like it's always this really sad, you know, othering of queer people. And we finally kind of see a relationship between a queer child and their parent that's he- healthy and hopeful yeah. and open and honest. And I think that's so special and very mm. refreshing that queer people can have happy, fun, loving relationships with their family just like anybody else. Oh, yeah, 100%. The totally. dad is so fucking nice and yeah, I would be adopted by him. I think... Yeah, Elliot's got three more siblings now. Sign <laughs> us up. Sign us the hell up. I love the dad, but I probably have to go with Elio as well. Like, as we talked about throughout, he's very subdued. He's so smart, speaks multiple languages, very selective with his words. Also very mature for how young he's meant to be. Like mm. he's 11. way ahead of his age. <laughs> yeah, like reckon, nine years old. Do you reckon you'd like him if you met him? I don't know. Like he, he's not actually that fun. Like not, no, that, he's not, that, not fun. that he has to be, but like, <laughs> you know, like I don't know if I would like him. I think he would challenge me. I yeah, think, I think, I think I'd be threatened by that. I yeah. think he'd just shut you down with one intelligent comment about Yeah. Him. He'd, he'd fuck you up. He'd say some, something in German and you'd yeah. be like, oh, oh God. God. Shut a rest. Give it a rest, Ilio. Uh, one, one more thing. I love how close he is with his family. Like yeah. he's Over able to say time. anything. They're able, they're able to share anything. Like, And, again, we've talked about it constantly, but Timothy Chalamet got nominated for his role in this and I think he absolutely deserved it. He was playing the piano like – speaking all these languages fluently there was so much improv throughout like the, even the scene where he puts Oliver's shorts on his head that was all improv like oh really he just decided to do that and it was like there was stuff like that throughout that you know you you 
truly thought that Timothy Chalamet was this character. He, yeah. You know, that um, was he's when he was nominated for the Oscar, he was the youngest to be nominated in 70 years. Wow. So fucked. Has yeah. there been what, anyone younger past? How, how old was he when he I got it? I think he was, this was, what, a 2017 film? Eight. He was eight years old. <laughs> I think he's about 20, 21. Oh, my God. I believe what are we, two what, what are we doing with ourselves? Oh, he's fucking playing the piano, so all I'm these not, languages. Oh, my God. I'm not thinking about that. One more thing as well. Oliver was a obviously a very divisive character, but he dressed really stylishly. Yeah. And I back his style. I don't, those styles are coming back. Yeah, they Bring are. Bring it back. The, the Converse. Always, yeah, the Converses. Them. Like polos. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, like shirts the jocular look yeah get me to italy get me some converses Looking yeah like get me on a bike get me on get a, me a cigarette let's go get me a cigarette get me a, a cigarette woman. get me a fucking deck of ciggies <laughs> um yeah some great characters such a good movie were there any bad parts even or was it just too good i mean there's the elephant in the room it's army yeah oh it's army God. that was Army Hammer. Army Hammer, who plays Oliver. Why do you go do that? Why are you going to do that? And yeah. not good for, by the way, Death of the Nile coming out after this yeah. all happened. That's his, like, last movie, right? Well, and it will be his last movie, I'm sure. Well, I actually read somewhere he's been in sex therapy. For oh, those who don't know, him. he really? claims he had a cannibal fetish. So we can, <laughs> yeah, I can, we can touch on a few stories, but there are many. But he was married at the time and... Quite a few women have come out with screenshots of him messaging them, asking for them to cut off a toe so that he can <laughs> eat it, to cut out their up. ribs so that he can <laughs> eat it. Like real, real cannibalism. That and is yeah, there are real. receipts. There are receipts. Oh my God. I heard, well, not heard, it's a fact. Um, he grew up in a very like wealthy family, Army Hammer, like his family, Privileged. like oil tycoons or something. Oh. And they're all cannibals. And apparently, there, there's a bit of a history of like oh, powerful, no. like sexual, yeah. Cannibalism. No. I don't know about the cannibalism. <laughs> it's genetic. But like maybe he there was brought up in that way. But <gasps> okay. in saying all of that, Timothy Chalamet was in like danger. Do you reckon anything Danger zone. I don't oh, know. yeah. Well, I mean, there's. He's not into men, I don't think. It's so funny because Timothy always talk in, on the on in interviews, always comments on how Army's been such a good influence and role model for him. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that, you know, doesn't really age too well, does it? No. No. He like having watched it for the first time now after all these things, I still thought that he played really well and it was a great movie. Like yeah. I wasn't thinking about his off-screen actions, <laughs> but. Nonetheless. Yeah, and not great. do you know what? <laughs> nice. Like the film has had so many opportunities to step away from like the classic Hollywood tropes. Like it got so much freedom with the cinematography and yep. the scripting and the casting. And I think, again, we look at other romantic films that you see and the man is always jacked up, yeah. you know, beefed. And he's not. He's, he's lean. Not lean. He's just got a he's normal body. He's not super, super handsome. Like, yeah. he was. I think he was cast well, just didn't age well. Yeah. Well, that wasn't there going to be a second, a sequel to the movie? Because they there's made second, another book. There's a second book. I have heard they, they wanted to, yeah. And they cancelled it because of him, right? Yeah, they can't anymore. Yeah. It's done. Do you remember it when High School Musical 1 came out and then Vanessa Hudgens' new got leaked and they were going to replace Gabriella <laughs> with um, 
the one who played Taylor, they were going to like do a little switcheroo of all Wait, the really? actresses. Yeah, that's a true story. She and was you can so slut shame for that nude. It was absolutely appalling. Yeah, whenever yeah. they showed it on the She's news, come they, back, covered she the, has. they covered her bits with like the Disney Mickey Mouse signs. Oh. Yeah, you can Google that. <laughs> God, all those Disney stars, they all had a nude leak. <laughs> they all had And they were all tarnished in the media. Not really Hillary Duff. That's why she survived so long. <laughs> she has. How I Met Your Father. Um, One more thing that I just remembered, talking about the improv Timothy, Timothy and Army, uh, they're both straight in real life and they kind of had to bond before the movie to kind of, you know, obviously get into character. But um, heard this f- fun story because it's on um, Amazon Prime and they have all these like trivia things. And when they first get together, they're in this like grassy place under this tree. Um, apparently they were rehearsing it and... The first time they were going to film it, they said like, all right, let's get ready. Like three, two, one action. And they didn't actually film it. The director, Luca, wanted to see what their first on screen chemistry would be like. And so they started just getting with each other and going ham, like rolling around the grass. They didn't film anything. And all the cast just like walked away and left. And they were still getting with each other for like five <laughs> minutes to stay in character. And like, there got to be some laws around that. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought that was like. That's hilarious. Also, because in so the real funny. life shot, that Timothy like climbs Army Hammer like a tree. Yeah, he really he literally, goes literally climbs him. him. Although it does bring you to the point that. Whilst, as we talked about, Timothy just nails every single emotion and his acting is just phenomenal. Yeah. We do need to be casting queer actors Correct. and actresses mm. in queer roles and I think yeah. it's happening more and more. But as great of a job as they did, it's still not their stories to tell. I completely agree and yeah. it's a really worthwhile discussion. Another fun fact also that they um, they had quite a small budget. Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's actually not that fun of a fact. That's the entirety of the fact. <laughs> Pretty fun. That it was a $3.5 million budget. Really? And they had limited time to do it. So I, I heard that there was a lot of improv. That's actually really surprising that the budget was only $3.5 million. Like it just goes to show how <laughs> well they were able to film it and act in it. Yeah. They don't need this huge budget to make a, a great film. So I will say, give me $3.5 million. You'll see what I can do. Yeah. I guess that's also why they might have Luca Guadagnino decided to film it in his ho- own hometown. Yeah, and that's his house. It's his, his house. house. You admitted that. Yeah. Earlier. Oh my It's God. his real house. He's got a <sighs> beautiful I'm house. That I've got to fact check. Myself. <laughs> yeah, just fact check. <laughs> that. I mean, maybe the budget with that point is that's why they filmed in his own hometown, yes. where they could spend less money navigating yeah. sets, and they had a you know a bit of familiarity or might know people. Mm. Could film so good out. just shows you you don't need the big explosions you don't need the no. a-class actors Damn at the Marvel. time because no. obviously now it's different but yeah. you just need a good script good actors a good yeah good actors good set great film so that is a wrap for call me by your name thank you so much for listening in to this episode of cinemates a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks huge thank you to hugo and millie for coming on the show and for Millie recommending the movie again. Absolutely loved it. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, <laughs> Happy to be here. No worries. Definitely welcome back. As always, please let us know what you want to hear about in future episodes. And if you want to send in a mailbag or do an elevator pitch to me, 
Send us a DM on Instagram or TikTok at cinemas underscore. Otherwise, we'll catch you for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. Make sure to follow us and leave a review on your chosen streaming platforms. Also, check out our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's First Nations people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you. Whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure them that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.